where adventure awaits during Jeep Adventure Days going on now at Bettenhausen Jeep on 159th Street in Tinley Park. Bettenhausen has hundreds of new Jeeps to choose from with great 0% and special leasing offers. Your best Jeep buying experience starts now at BettenhausenCDJR.com. Welcome to the Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive in Tinley Park and Orland Park. The Hockey Show on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2, and the ESPN Chicago app. Ready for the power play? Here are your hosts, Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I'm Pat Boyle coming to you from the first Midwest Bank studios in downtown Chicago. Our number is 312-332-3776. All right, Brian, what a week. I want you to pick out lottery numbers for me, Pat, because last week you assured me we were going to hear from Kyle Davidson within 48 hours. And we heard from him shortly after our show last week. We heard him in three. (laughs) And boy, did we hear. Message sent, message delivered to everyone, including uh, the players. And what a week. It seems like it's been a month already. And at the end of the show, he said, let's, you know, let's go get some wins. And so far, so good on that front. So Jeremy Colleton out a week ago today. Derek King in as interim head coach. Hawks win three straight. Why the dramatic turnaround? Is it all about coaching? Can they actually climb back into this thing? Yeah, it was it was pretty uh, pretty weird how things went down last week, Brian. Because we spent the show in speculation mode. How much autonomy did Kyle Davidson have? It seemed like a change needed to be happening. This team was just not responding to Colleton. And on the heels of everything that's going on off the ice, what what moves could they do? How would the optics look? And within a couple of hours of us signing off last week, they make the move to Derek King. They keep Mark Crawford. They say goodbye to Mattel and to Brookbank along with Colleton. And, you know, this team puts together three straight wins. And I, look, I had the opportunity last Sunday after they had the presser to uh, introduce uh, Derek King as interim head coach to break off with the broadcasters and just sit and have an informal conversation with Kyle Davidson, the interim general manager, and to sit down with, with Derek King and just kind of pick their brain about why this happened, what they're thinking, what they've seen from the team. Here's what I can tell you about Kyle Davidson. Everyone's like, oh, 30, he's 33. He is sharp. He has held like seven different titles with the Blackhawks in his 11 years. I asked someone uh, who is close to the team about Davidson. Here was their, their take on him. Really smart. He knows what he knows. And what he doesn't, he's not afraid to ask. I like that from a leader. I, I, I love that a guy who's taking over doesn't feel he knows everything and it's only his way and his voice is the only thing that matters. I like the fact that uh, he, he's open to uh, listen to other people who might have a stronger background in a certain area. So 
I like what I saw from Davidson. I thought he made the right call in Derek King. I think Derek King is perfect for this team right now. Do you realize in, he played 14 years in the NHL, Brian? I covered him. So you remember, I mean, over 800 games and over yeah. 600 points. That's a prolific career. That is a very, that is a, uh, that's a very, very good NHL career. And you walk into that dressing room right away, you're, like you heard uh, Kane say they were Googling him just yeah. to find out, you know, exactly what his background was. You have cachet. If you have over 600 points and played 800 games in this league, you walk in with credibility. Well, you know, it's interesting, Biz, uh, on the Blackhawks Talk podcast that you and Charlie do, terrific listening this week, and go to NBC Sports Chicago and, and, and sign up, and you can do it for free. So many great points, and you, you talked about the people's impression of Kyle and relaying that to you. And ultimately, I think that's what did Jeremy in as much as the, the numbers and the records. Um, I was told a couple of years ago from longtime NHL guys who basically – we're around the team, and they they when Jeremy you look, you know, he's following following Joe Quinville, huge shoes to follow, and Phil, and they were basically telling Jeremy, "We're here if you need to bounce anything off, you know, want to pick our brains on anything." And if you can be politely dismissive, that's pretty much what they felt they were, you know, that he was like, "Well, thanks," and then you know, but I've got this, and that confidence that Ben Pope wrote about in the Sun Times in his column this week. That certainty in what you're doing in your systems and your approach, and that's great. Everyone should have confidence and, and certainty. But as you said, Kyle knows what he knows and what he doesn't know. He's not afraid to ask. I think ultimately, I don't know, Jeremy thought that was a sign of weakness, that he didn't want to lean on anybody. He didn't want to pick up the phone and, you know, whether it's a former coach or executive or a player, to bounce things off of and, and say, hey, you know, what can I do differently? But you know, that that ultimately, I, I think that that confidence would, you know, maybe turned into a little bit of hubris. You know, when when Davidson was asked, what what was it? Why did you make the move? And remember, a week ago today, we were coming off the heels of, a, of an ugly performance against Winnipeg. And Davidson said it wasn't one period. It wasn't one game. It was the fact that, you know, the, the mistakes that he saw the Hawks making were correctable mistakes but they weren't getting corrected from game to game, period to period, uh, week to week. So when, you know, he, he had no problem with the message that Jeremy was delivering of saying how he would like to correct these problems, but the problems kept happening over and over and over. And at that point, that's why last Saturday, Davidson had to go to Rocky and to Danny Wirtz and make the suggestion that he feels at this time a coaching change was needed, and that they weren't going to go with Mark Crawford, which I also think, you know, in, in hindsight is I, I like that idea. I like going with Derek, who's close to the situation. Obviously, he's head coach in Rockford, knows a lot of the, the, younger the, players. the younger players and the prospects that have made the jump to the NHL. He's certainly been a part of, of training camp, and um, he joked last week, he said, yeah, the last time I saw this team, I was bag skating them for Jeremy, so I don't think they really like me. Um, but, you know, he, he's got a great sense of humor. He realized how fragile, Derek King realized how fragile this team was. He said when he was watching the Winnipeg game a week ago last night, and he saw when they were down two zip and that goal was taken off the board because of an offside call, 
he said he just watching from Rockford saw the TV cameras pick up a kind of a shell shocked bench. And he said, I just realized what a fragile team this is. So when he came to town, as it turns out, the following day or, or, or Sunday was his first official uh, day on the job. Um, he realized that this team needed to be kind of coddled or just like, you know, pick, pick them up off the ground a little bit and support them. And I mean, they, they weren't in a state of where they needed to hear. All right, we're changing this D zone coverage here. You're getting benched. I'm going to shorten the bench in the, you know, second and third period. Only these two lines are going to play. like he didn't come in here. Guns a blazing. He realized just how fragile they were, and he tried to just lighten the atmosphere up and 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 joke and and have fun and and play light and play free, and that's kind of what they've done these last three games. Well, you know, Calvin Dahan said it. He's got a down to earth mentality, personality. He's fun to talk to and fun to be around. uh, Practice the room and whatever, and we'll see. I, you know, you've said it uh, on on the podcast. When you're that guy, 12, you know, 15, 20, 25 years ago, you're probably still that guy today, whether you're a coach or a player, that's your personality. There are going to come times where he can't be another, you know, one of the guys in the room. He's going to have to flex his um, coaching muscles. But we saw last night with Dylan Strom, right? It yep. takes a double minor. And, you know, Dylan says stupid penalty. And we know how buried he was in Jeremy Coffin's doghouse. He wouldn't have seen the ice after that. Under the, the old He might coach. not have been in the game last night. Well, for sure. But, yeah. And, and so what does Derek King do? He, you know, he talks about accountability, and you make a mistake, you know, go out and do something to, to make it right. And he made it right. Thankfully, you know, Patrick Kane, huge assist on that, and another beautiful pass from Patrick Kane. But that guy, that kid's confidence is going to get going now because he's not feeling like if he makes the the most minuscule mistakes he's he's going to be sitting up in the press box for two more weeks it's you know it's the whole team is playing freer and you know I heard Mark Andre Fleury say a week or so ago week and a half ago there was like a girl on their back not a monkey on their back I'm with you Derek King saw that after the uh, goal was disallowed in Winnipeg I told you at the beginning of last week's show after the fifth goal, they, they cut to the bench, uh, shot of the bench. And, I mean, I said, if a picture is worth a thousand words, the thousand words were, you know, this team is defeated in so many different ways, and there was no turning back. And that's why we, you know, talked about Kyle Davidson last week, and, and someone had to address the hockey part of this, given all the other things the organization's going through. At some point, you had to let the fan base know that, you know, you're not going to keep allowing the same mistakes to be made and the same you know, the losses to continue to pile up. Here's Derek King from last night and how this three-game win streak has uh, turned things around as far as uh, just the the, uh, the the gravity of what these, these players were dealing with in the last couple weeks. Well, it's huge. I mean, these, like I, when I first got here, I could you could just see how fragile they were, but they're enjoying it. They're They're starting to... You know, again, it's not pretty sometimes, but that's the game. Uh, but they're battling for each other. They're playing hard. They're trying. Um, you know, we're getting some great goaltending, and uh, we're just finding ways to win. Look, it, it hasn't been pretty. I mean, there was there was a, a shootout victory, an overtime victory, and then last night's win uh, against a, you know an Arizona team that that you should beat. Nonetheless, they weren't winning these games uh, prior to uh, a week ago. So 
Three games, three victories, better goaltending, limiting scoring chances. The uh, the recipe for success for this team, Brian, it's limiting the other team's scoring chances, staying in a contest, not not giving up the three-on-twos, the two-on-ones like they were doing at nauseum the first month of the season. It's staying close, getting the good, solid goaltending, and letting 88-12. and 12. Mm-hmm. Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit do what they do. And honestly, what they've done, like just watching them this past week, they are two guys we will absolutely see play together in the Olympics. They are they are elite players. Alex Dabrinkit is is a is a bona fide star, a rising star in this league. No doubt about it. And you know, Derek King said what Patrick Kane does, you know, only three people can do when two of them are retired. And I mean, every, every night he's worth the price of admission because uh, how he sets up to bring it and just skating through the entirety of that team last night uh, and then setting to bring it up. I mean, it was, it was terrific to watch. Right. I mean, so it's, um, it's been fun for, for at least those two. I know, you know, you can say every player in that room has had their, you know, ups and downs, but, Patrick Kane and and Debrinket have really kind of you know kept above the fray and and brought it pretty much every night. We'll hear from Kane and Taves on the other side. Uh, Colby Cohen will join us at the bottom of the hour. Uh, he has been with the uh, the Blackhawks all season long on the uh, radio, the TV broadcast, all over the uh, the content factory known as the Blackhawks. We'll hear from Colby coming up in just a bit. Uh, why do you think the Hawks went three and zero this week? Was it simply the coaching change? Was it a better job defensively? Was it the stellar goaltending? Or was it Kane and Debrinket? Give us a call at 312-332-3776. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app, on the FM 100.3 HD2, and on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. So here with the delayed penalty, Kane on the stick, sends it across, it's a shot, he scores! It was fortunate, the shot from the Hawks missed the net, went all the way down to their end, and that allowed Kane to come on the ice, pick it up, and then Debrinket is so good at getting himself available. It was fun to watch, I snuck out there on the six on five, and uh... I think Taser was getting a skate done, and, and Kirby was coming for the goalie, or, or someone was going for the goalie. Usually it's Taser that hops out there, so just jumped on. I got a front row seat to it. I mean, those guys are fun to watch. I mean, Kaner dances through like four guys and then back ends it across the ice, and Cat's in his office, so um, it's kind of the, the way they do it, and um, it's fun to watch. They're, they're great, great players, and um, you know, they do it in practice. You guys watch the one-timers. They do it all the time, so shows in the game. They're fun to watch. You got that right, Dylan Strom. It's fun to watch Alex Debrinkit and Patrick Kane do their thing. Thanks for the call for ESPN Plus last night. Boy, I got my uh, my timeline was littered with ESPN Plus comments last night. Uh, I don't know about yours, Brian Hulu. Hanley. I'm on the Hulu. You're on the Hulu thing. All right. Yeah. Um, how about the East-West game of one Patrick Kane and Alex Debrinkit? We talked about it takes a special player to really connect and have that chemistry with Kane. 
We saw it with Artemi Panarin. It led to Patrick's uh, MVP Hart Trophy year in 2016. They had two magical years together. Uh, we are seeing Debrinket and Kane have that chemistry over the last couple of years that, uh, you know, in the 15 years that Patrick has been in this league, he's he's always put up dynamic numbers. He's always been a a point-per-game-plus player. But um, there's only been a few that you've said, all right, those two have to play together. And one thing Derek King, the interim head coach, said this week, basically, I know Kane and Debrinket need to be on the same line. Everything else yeah. is up for grabs. Yeah, uh, we talked about it last year, and, and Patrick Kane talked about the chemistry he's developed with Debrinket playing golf and hanging out off the ice together and, you know, 11 points in the last seven games for Patrick Kane, seven assists. He talked about it all the time. A superstar is so unselfish and sets. He's he's okay setting up Panarin back in the day and and to bring it now. Uh, a lot of guys would be like, you know what, I, I can take a take this shot as well as anybody else. You know, and maybe he'll go in. I'll get some goals. But that that kind of unselfishness and and you know, Derek King throughout the week talked about playing for each other, accountability stuff you hear from coaches all the time. But when you're a superstar on the team, shows it pretty much game in, game out. That's a much easier message to d- deliver to everybody. How about the play he made, the two-on-one the other night uh, with with Alex Debrinkit, where he kicks the puck to his stick on the outside of his boot and then gets it back over to Alex Debrinkit. Like, the degree of difficulty on these things, it, it's mm. just... Uh, again, we've had a front row seat to a first ballot Hall of Famer for 15 years, but it, to me, it, he's going to be 33 uh, November 19th. Uh, no, was it next Friday? And I, I don't see any signs. And again, he's also allegedly dealing with this this nagging injury, which it certainly doesn't look like it's been bothering him since he returned from COVID. Uh, but like, I don't see any. Any kinks in the armor as far as as far as his game? Do you? He's not slowing down no. for sure. He's, no. Is it possible he's getting better? I mean, he makes it look so easy. Well, look, uh, and and if there's anybody that's in that kind of Tom Brady esque LeBron mold where they can get more out of their body as they approach forty, and of course north of forty for uh, for Tom, uh, I think Patrick's in that conversation. Here's Kane on the team's improvement over the last week since the coaching change happened. Well, I think there's a lot of character in the room. I think um, even when we're losing, um, there was still confidence, but I think there's a lot of character in the fact that, you know, we want to win, but we know we can be better, and we know we can be one of the better teams in the league if we put it all together. So, um Obviously, it's nice to get a couple wins in a row, but I wouldn't say we're where we want to be as a as a team yet. And um, you know, hopefully, we keep improving and while we're getting wins. But uh, um, just the character in the group's been great to kind of get over everything that's been um, thrown at us this first month of the season. It certainly has been a lot thrown at these guys, and it just seemed like when they got off to the rough start that. Um that they weren't able to pull the nose up. And, I, I, you know, when you talk about coaches, and we like, like let's use the Bears for example. Uh, to me, you have to have two components for a head coach in professional sports. The guy that can, 
you know, change the culture. Because let's let's be honest, coaching changes are made when teams aren't doing well. So usually you got to come in and change the culture, whatever that is. And then there's the X's and O's part of the coaching job. So if we use Hallis Hall as an example, I think we'd all agree Matt's done a nice job with the culture change. The players seem to like him, seem to play for him. The X's and O's is what, what we question. If you look at Jeremy Colleton, um, the X's and O's, it seemed to make sense on paper when he described it, what he wanted, how he should see this team fix the issues. I just don't know if he handled the uh, cerebral part of this, the emotional part of this, how to read his players and know what they needed. They're just little things like today they're going to practice at 11.15 at Fifth Third Arena. Now, in, in years in years past, <laughs> let me tell you, first month of this season felt like about two years. So <laughs> let, let, give, give me a little break on that one. But um, – Jeremy would run your a very consistent hour to hour fifteen practice. Um, one thing that Derek King and he he's kind of that old school Q approach. Like, look, I want a 30, 35 minute upbeat practice. Everybody's involved. Get in, get out, and I'll do the hour long practices like on Monday as they get ready for this upcoming road trip or Tuesday before they depart. But I'm not gonna run you into the ground and spend an, an extra 45 minutes where you're just not into it and it's on the heels of a game the night before. Again, that's reading the room. The, the, you know, you may say, well, big deal. It's just 45 minutes. But 45 times every week that that happens and, and happening two and three times a week, uh, that, can, that can take its toll. It's little tweaks like that that King is bringing. And he's doing it slowly because, he again, he realizes – that the team was fragile when he got here. They needed their confidence boosted. We've started to see that with win by win, game by game, period by period. And, and now you're going to see when he's got a few extra days, like between now and their next game is Wednesday against Seattle, you're going to see him make some uh, changes, slight tweaks uh, to uh, some of the systems that that Jeremy had, he didn't want to, you know, blow things up when he got here. He's going to make some slight tweaks, and it's going to happen in stages. Well, to your point on practice, I mean, Jonathan Tavis has brought it up. Short yeah. of practice is high-paced, and, you know, when Jeremy would have drills with a handful of players going against each other and the majority of the team standing along the boards, you know, that's why those practices take an hour and a half and, and you're really not getting the most production out of it and it doesn't go on notice from the players so that we do a lot of standing around. You know, it reminds me of, of back in the day covering the Bulls. Vinny Del Negro comes in, never been a head coach, and, you know, wants to be kind of a, a player's coach and he tells the players during practice, if you have any questions, raise your hand and, you know, we'll try to get you an answer right on the spot. Well, the players figured out in about five minutes, the more you raise your hand, the less practice you have. <laughs> and, and so it's, it's, you know, you said it earlier and you said it on the podcast. There are different ways that a coach earns respect. Either he's won Stanley Cups and he comes here and, you know, everyone knows it's Scotty Bowman. And all of a sudden, you know, if, you, if you're not paying attention to him, you're just a complete idiot. Or the guys had a, a, a storied career as a player, and as Patrick Kane, you know, Googled how many points that Derek King had in how many games. 
So you earn respect that way. Or it's, you know, your approach, your personality, and all the above. So it's when you, you'd go out and make a hire or, or hire a guy who, one, doesn't have the resume, doesn't have the personality, and doesn't have the wherewithal to, to ask people, you know, to kind of help them, you know, guide along here. Then that, that's when you end up with guys like, Vinny Del Negro or Jim Boylan or, you know, whatever. I mean, Billy Donovan with the Bulls. Yeah. Uh, he comes in and, well, you know, they look at his college career. They look at Oklahoma and they, you know. He's won NBA. everywhere. Right. And and then you get team that up with a front office that isn't a punchline, isn't uh, to a joke. You know, it's not gar packs. And, and so you have fresh everywhere, but guys who seemingly understand, you know, the, the world's changed or they, they immerse themselves into today's league and, uh, interim Kyle Davidson, interim Derek King, and, you know, it's a nice week, but hopefully, you know, Derek King was asked if he, you know, Charlie, I think, asked him on in his one-on-one, does he want the job? Is this a tryout or is this just helping out the organization? As Derek King says, when you get the call, you help out. Um, here's hoping they both want the job, and here's hoping that this week isn't just a nice bump because of the change, and hopefully these two guys, you know, want the job and are good at the jobs. What do you think of the job thus far of Kyle Davidson and Derek King? Do you think it's the long-term answer for this franchise? 312-332-3776. You mentioned it, Brian. Taves just kind of dropping in the the comment about uh, the practice change. Uh, here's Taves on the team improving, and I think he slips it in right here. Oh, a lot better. I mean, winning a couple games will do that to you, but I think just uh, overall um, – guys just feel much more relaxed and we're having fun and you know, keeping practice short and high pace and uh, just going out there and trusting that we know what to do on the ice and just going to play in games. This is a 19 second soundbite and he mentions he's talking about the the improvement of the team and he slides in there the the amount of time they're practicing and, and the 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 pace of that practice. I did find that interesting didn't you? Absolutely I mean again veterans have seen it all and um, you know, they, they understand why you, you play as you practice most of the times, right? I mean, practice makes perfect. So if they felt like they weren't having productive practices, then they weren't surprised when, you know, there was no energy coming on, you know, start games or, or in having laps for a period or two periods. And, you know, if, if your leaders notice that, and I don't know if Derek King asked them what, what could be different or if that was just Derek King coming in and saying, you know, I think this is the way to do it. But whatever, it, it's worked so it's worked well for a week anyway. What adjustments have the Blackhawks made in their system this week? We'll ask that to Colby Cohn, who joins us next on The Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. You're listening to The Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. Call us or tweet your comments to at ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. It's the Hockey Show rolling on on ESPN 1000. Coming up when we are done, Chicago's College Tailgate with Chris Black and Adam Abdallah. Stick around for that at 11 o'clock. Let's uh, bring in my partner on TV on NBC Sports Chicago, Colby Cohen, former NHL defenseman, national champion at Boston University, and part of the Blackhawks TV and radio broadcast team. Welcome to the show, Colby. How are you doing this morning? 
I'm good, PB, but I will say it was a little weird watching the Blackhawks play last night, not sitting right next to you. So I, I, it's good to hear your voice this morning. Well, you were in better <laughs> company because you were with your wife. But uh, what a difference a week makes. A week ago, we were sensing change was needed. It happens. Three straight wins. Describe the vibe because you were with that team flying back from Winnipeg a week ago. And if it wasn't rock bottom, it was maybe just underneath it. <laughs> uh, describe the vibe on that plane trip, where that team was at versus where they are now. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the more quiet plane rides that I have ever been a part of in my uh, sports career. And that probably um, would include all the bus rides that I took when I was playing in the <laughs> American League. So it was definitely a, a, a flight where, you know, there weren't a lot of smiles. There wasn't a lot of, you know, happy energy. And, you know, obviously we, we, we got back from Winnipeg, and I believe it was that next day where Kyle Davidson had, uh, you know, decided it was ready for a change. And, and you know, he made the change. And a week later, there, there's a whole new vibe and a whole new energy around this uh, whole organization. Colby, um Derek King, you know, he, he's very humble. He's like, he was asked, you know, what philosophy he has. I'm not a philosopher. And it really made it sound like he just told everyone to go out and have fun. But obviously it's more complicated than that. And he talked about being more structured in the D zone, not chasing it as much. And then, you know, having fun in the fun zone. What, any subtle changes you've seen? Because they have certainly cut down on shots on goal, um, and they do seem to be having fun, but X's and O's wise, have you noticed anything that's different? You know, there hasn't been a crazy overhaul of X's and O's. And, um, you know, the NHL is, is a copycat league and, and everybody, you know, there's, there's not a huge difference between, you know, structure of, of a good portion of the league. But the, the biggest change that I think that I have seen is, um, in the neutral zone, and, and PB and I were, were talking about this yesterday, actually, and I know Derek brought this up. And, you know, I think a lot of the, the, the problems early on in the season really started in the neutral zone. I think the, the Blackhawks were on the wrong side of the puck in the neutral zone offensively and defensively, which, you know, put their defense, put their, you know, constantly under duress. They were taking a lot of odd man rushes early in the season. The goaltenders were constantly under fire. And teams were just getting through the neutral zone with way too much speed and way too easily because, you know, the Blackhawks were just on the wrong side of, you know, the, their puck. I mean, you know, you talk about reloading above the puck in, in hockey when you're in the locker room or on the bench. And, you know, that's really just being on the defensive side of things in the neutral zone, even if they're – your man doesn't have the puck, you still need to be, you know, between him and the net. I mean, there was a goal in Winnipeg, uh, again, where everything looks fine in the neutral zone, but then we just get on the wrong side of the puck, and all of a sudden Paul Stasny scores a goal a minute into that hockey game. So, you know, I think there's just a sense of relief. Um, I think, obviously, after you get off to a, a rough first couple of games and you start hearing everybody talk about changes coming and, you know, other uh, things happening, you, you just, uh, I, I just feel there's a bit of a clean slate with a lot of these players. I think Jake McCabe um, has been a lot more solid in the last couple of games, which is, I think, the expectation when, when they brought him here was that he would be a real solid defender for this team, you know, simple two-way type of guy. Um, so I, it, it's really been the neutral zone, but ultimately 
it's just been compete level. I mean, the team is competing way harder. They're competing together. They're, they're, you know, battling more in the corner. We've seen more second, third, and fourth chance opportunities. I mean, through the first couple games of the season, there was really no second and third opportunities. Goaltenders weren't having a hard time seeing the puck. So it, it's just been a, in a, a number of things. But, but there really hasn't been some major overhaul to the structure of this team. Colby Cohen joins us on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. He's part of the Blackhawks content team. You can see him on TV, radio, on the digital platform. He's all over the place. You mentioned the, the clean slate thing, and I want to ask in particular about a Dylan Strome. Like, you looked, he was a regular healthy scratch under Colleton, and part of it is injury-related, and they're, you know, they don't have that many bodies right now, but... You know, he's been given a new lease on his NHL life, so to speak, with the Blackhawks. Take us into his skates, what what he's dealing with and how last night, you know, he took advantage of it. And we may see him get back to the guy that that we saw when he first arrived here from Arizona. Yeah, I mean, um, certainly not the start he wanted. And, and, you know, this happens on every single team. Obviously, we focus here on the Blackhawks, but I've been on teams. I've even been that guy in a dressing room. I dealt with it with Bruce Cassidy a little bit. Um, you know, it, it's just sometimes a player and a coach, you know, one coach looks at you and says, this guy does not fit my lineup in any way, shape, or form. And then a player goes to another team. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, you know, PB, you were probably covering them at the time, but Keith Jones is a fourth liner in Colorado. He comes to the Philadelphia Flyers and plays on the first line with Eric Lindros and John LeClaire. Like, so coaches, you know, that happens on every team where a coach just does not feel a player is, is, a, is an eight or a ten. They, they think that they're a two or a three. And so um, Derek King comes in. He's got a, a bit of a new look and a new feel. He likes some of the skill that Strom plays with, but you know, I think what's kind of interesting, too, and, and I watched Eric King's post-game press conference last night about Strom was, you know, he said he wasn't real happy with the penalty that, that, that Strom took uh, in that game, but, you know, said it was really big for him to come back and rebound. And, and I think for Strom, that goal sort of opens the door to, you know, rebuilding his confidence because, look, he's a human being who's, who's spent a lot of time in the press box to start the season He's still a, a younger guy. Um, he, he's still looking to really cement his role on this team. And so scoring that goal really takes all this weight off your shoulders and basically allows him to rebuild his confidence, which is definitely, you know, a little bit fragile at the moment based on how the beginning of this season's gone. So, you know, great opportunity for him to reprove himself. But I I also would say, and, and what's really interesting is, yes, Derek is, is a lighthearted guy. He likes to have fun. He's told the players to have fun. But, I mean, look, there were a couple times on the bench last night where he was very animated, whether it was the ref when he didn't like what happened to Kirby Doc. You know, he had words for some of the guys throughout the game. I mean, he's not barking at him, but he's, he's, he's not afraid to go tell a guy when he's not okay the way that they're playing. And, and I – he's holding these guys accountable as well. So it's not all, you know, fun, love, and Derek who's just going to let everybody smile and do whatever they want. I mean, he certainly is going to hold these players accountable. And I just thought it was interesting in the press conference that he had after the game last night that he mentioned, you know, Dylan still needs to 
complete his game away from the puck and be consistent every shift. But you see what you can get out of him. It's his first shift with the top power play probably all season or on a power play with Patrick Kane, and he scores a goal that ends up being the game winner. Brian, did you notice the the not-so-subtle chirp there from Colby in his uh, his answer with the, you know, I grew up in uh, Philadelphia. Yes. Pat, you may have covered this team. You you probably remember Keith Jones skating with Lindros and Leclerc. <laughs> Guess what? Yes, I, I do. I, I do. do. That I was them. me. I was covering that was them in too. 1999. And yeah. uh, just, <laughs> say, just say I'm old, Colby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, All right, Junior. You know, now, yeah. that you, now that you pointed out, I'm glad I said it the way I did, but I didn't mean <laughs> yeah. it that way. No, a little slash there for you. Is that hey, absolutely um, accurate. It, it's great to have full faith in Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit, and why wouldn't you? But you're going to need more than two, Colby. Um, how do the how do you get Kubalik going? And it seems like you know Jonathan Taves is frustrated with his play at this point, and the numbers aren't there. And he was on the doorstep last night and couldn't get it in there the net. Um, how do you get more guys going? Because the margin of error, as good as the week has gone, is still pretty slim. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, this is a work in progress. You know, Derek King doesn't have a full training camp here to sort of, you know, implement things that he would like to see. But for a guy like Derek, who really does coach with his feel for the game, I think he's a guy who, who can get through a scenario like this. But, Look, I've actually been impressed with Jonathan Dave's game. I mean, I've seen it on an upswing, you know, kind of night after night for the last, you know, three weeks. I mean, I think the first couple games of the season, he was still feeling his way through it. Um, but, you know, we talked about him on the pregame show the other night, uh, Pat and I did, about a guy who, who I think is really trending upward. Um, you know, here's the thing. Jonathan Taves is a Hall of Fame player who expects himself to be a Hall of Fame player every single night. So, you know, when Jonathan Taves is probably playing, you know, at a, you know, maybe uh, let's say in his eyes he's having a C or a B game in his eyes. Well, his C or B game is still better than 75% of the players in this league. And so um, I think he is going, and I think when, when Taves gets that first goal, I think he's going to a lot of pressure is going to come off his shoulders and I think he's going to start scoring. You start to worry about a guy like that when he's not getting chances to score, but but you know, Jonathan had, you know, numerous chances last night. He's had numerous chances. I feel like Patrick Kane is actually sort of over, you know, looking for him. I mean, he keeps moving the puck down low to him. Uh, you know, Seth Jones is contributing from the point on that power play unit. So Look, you know, you've got a guy like Patrick Kane who has the puck on his stick a lot. I mean, he does. I mean, the, the play he made to Dominic Kubalik last night, that breakaway pass, I mean, oh. to me, that was like probably my favorite play of the game that mm -hmm. most people won't probably remember because it doesn't go in the net. But, um, you know, Kane has the puck a lot. It all runs through him on the offense. Yes, I, I totally understand and agree with what you guys are saying. They're going to need to get some production from that third line. They're going to need to get some production from that fourth line. I mean, the really good teams or the teams that, you know, are generally finding themselves into the playoffs uh, get secondary scoring. So, you know, right now, I think the fact that they are getting, you know, enough scoring to win games is good. But, yeah, I think, you know, Derek King, we're going on a road trip here next week, uh, Seattle, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. Um, I think that they'll probably tinker with some of the lines. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, like Borgstrom came back last night. You still have Goddad. Reese Johnson's been up. 
Uh, there's a couple of defensemen who are looking at coming off IR. And Ty- guys, Tyler, Johnson, actually, Tyler Johnson's close to returning. That's another one. But I actually believe when you start to put Wyatt Kalmuk back in this lineup and Caleb Jones makes his way back into the lineup, I think you add a little bit more puck moving from the back end. And I think you add a little bit more fluidity to the neutral zone and the way that this team's going to get through the neutral zone. And I think that's going to really help contribute to the secondary scoring up front. All right. So this three game win streak puts the Hawks at four, nine and two. They've got 10 points. I'm looking at the wild card. I know it's early. I know it's November, but uh, you know, this is, they dug themselves a hole. So you kind of got to look at it. There's seven points out of the final wild card spot. Do you think that they can climb back into this thing? Uh, I mean, I, I know it's early, and I know the coaching change is, is not, it's just a week old, but it, do you think it, this is sustainable and that they could somehow get back into this race? Uh, look, I definitely think the way that they're playing right now and the way that they're winning is sustainable. I think they're going to get better. And, Pat, I think this is what we expected to see when you and I sat at Fifth Third Arena in training camp every single day for a couple of weeks. I think we expected to see a team that was competitive, that, you know, had to win games, probably low-scoring games. You know, this isn't a team that's going to win track meets when you're playing against Calgary or you're playing against, you know, McJesus out in Edmonton. So you're going to have to win low-scoring games. You're going to need your goaltenders to make saves, which is why they went out and got um, Marc-Andre Fleury this summer. I think, again, when he's on his game, he gives you a chance to win. So, look, I think this road trip is a really big opportunity to – you know, go and win a couple games on the road, spend time as a team. There's a couple of days in Seattle. I think that's an incredibly winnable game. You win that game in Seattle, all of a sudden you start the road trip, you know, with two points, which, you know, takes you into Edmonton, which is going to be a really hard game. They lost to Buffalo last night. Um, Obviously, they're beatable. Their starting goaltender is, is injured right now, and they don't really have a timetable for Mike Smith to come back in Edmonton. So, Look, I, I, like, I like the timing of this road trip, and I really think that if they can go have a successful road trip and you know, come home with five out of eight or six out of eight points, uh, yeah, I, I think there's no reason why this team can't start to you know, push themselves back into a wild card spot. But you know, ultimately, guys, they got to continue to play good 60-minute games. They got to continue to defend. Uh, the penalty kill continues to be good. You know, the power play, they look sharp. They moved the puck last night. They need to start, you know, finding the back of the net. Uh, You know, it's been a couple of games where it's been, um, you know, they get the power play goal last night with Strom, but, you know, they had plenty of other opportunities on that coach's challenge. They probably could have had the two for one, you know, basically like a a two-point spread where that, that coach's challenge goes the wrong way. And then, you know, your power play could basically put them away at that point. So, so yeah, PB, ask me in a week. Uh, but I, I do. I, I like the way they're trending. All right. Here's my question. The last one for us here. Uh, will you be wearing a turtleneck on this upcoming road trip? The, Edmonton, is, Edmonton, two turtlenecks. Two turtlenecks I, in Edmonton. Is, I, I, I've been looking at the weather, and that is to be determined. Now, I do know there's some dates where I might be back in Winnipeg later in January, and I'm kind of thinking – you know, that might be the right time back in Winnipeg in, in it's either December or January. It's December. It's late December. I'm calling the game in Winnipeg that night, and I'm thinking, you know, that might have to be the, the night to bring it back out because it's probably going to be like negative 74 degrees in Winnipeg. <laughs> so 
the uh, coldest, you know, greatest place I've ever been. Too. And oh. go, go full turtleneck. Don't go the the little the dicky thing that they in in, uh, in <laughs> Christmas vacation. Don't go that route. Go the go the full the full turtleneck. You know me. If I'm doing it, I'm going all in. All so in. I, I will. All right, bud. Uh, Colby Cohen, great job as always. Look forward to uh, seeing you uh, a little bit, little bit later on over at practice, and uh, of course, we'll see you all over the Blackhawks coverage beginning uh, later this week. Wednesday's game is on Turner, so we'll see you on uh, Saturday night, right? Yeah, I'll be on the radio Wednesday, and then, yeah, I'll be right back on Saturday night uh, filling in for Edzo for a couple of games, and uh, let's hopefully uh, get some wins, you know? Give us more fun fun stuff to talk about. All right, Colby, thanks a lot for joining us. We'll come back and wrap up the hockey show on ESPN 1000. This hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football, Chicago's Big Ten team. College football returns to Wrigley Field this fall for the first time since 2010. Join Northwestern football when they host Purdue in the Wildcats Classic, powered by NetApp and CDW on November 20th. Tickets on sale right now at Cubs.com slash football. You're listening to The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. Presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. One-timers. One-timer by Albertson. It's gone! On the Hockey Show. One-time shot. On ESPN 1000. One more time. All right, Brian, start us off on one-timers. Well, long-time Blackhawk Executive Assistant General Manager Bob Murray is resigning, has resigned from Anaheim. A couple of layers to this story. One, he is going into uh, rehab for alcohol abuse, so it's good that he's going to get the help that uh, he believes he needs. Uh, The other is that apparently the hostile work environment, which uh, has been alleged that he created with verbal abuse, among other things, uh, was reported to the league via their their hotline that they've set up. So it's good to know that someone's listening, and so when someone or some buddies in that organization reached out to the league, to um, let, uh, to lodge their complaints about how things were being run in Anaheim. And then, look, I banged heads with Bob, Bob Murray on a weekly basis throughout my decade covering the Hawks. And he's very old school, and he's, he's rough and gruff, and he would bully you and try to bully you. And that's old school way of thinking in the NHL, and there's no room for it in 2021 and moving forward. And, and so here's hoping that uh, Murph gets the help he needs, and here's hoping that Anaheim, they're going to do their own investigation and, and that, that that organization figures out exactly how to move forward and, and you know, move the, the ducks into a, a new era of the NHL. And I believe that hotline number was called after Kyle Beach came forward. So, uh, so it's something that's affecting ha- change. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, last thing for me, how about Derek King? It looks exactly like Walter White from Breaking Bad. I was going to say, I, were you in the GIF lab? The because the, the GIF lab because that that was so outstanding. I couldn't top that. that I had to retweet it today. NBC Sports Chicago dot com put that together. Fantastic job uh, on that. I mean that that is uh, that was uh, expertly executed. So he looks he looks just like him. So, th- so there's cooking up wins. They're cooking up wins. We'll see what happens. Uh, coming up next is Chicago's College Tailgate with Chris Pleck and Adam Abdallah. Our thanks to Tyler Aki, as always. Brian, you have a good week. We'll see if the Hawks can uh, keep stacking W's, and we'll see you next time on the right Hockey back at Show. You.
on ESPN 1000.